The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. Listen, it is not rugby wall to wall. We've been talking technology. We are talking about food and travel in a few minutes' time. And I want to talk about Culture Night now. Woody White is with me, Artistic Director of the Dublin Theatre Festival. That's getting underway next Thursday. And Joe Mangan is Director of the Performance Corporation. You're both very, very welcome. Thanks a million. How are you doing? Great to see you both. Good to see you. Um, So Culture Night. um, For people who have not been paying attention, Woody, since 2006, I think, was the first one. 18th year's what is it? Culture Night is a way of introducing people who mightn't be as familiar as the likes of myself and Joe to all the fantastic culture that's an offer, not just in Dublin, but all around the country. It's an amazing thing to witness in Temple Bar, where my office is, where you just see hordes of people just wandering around, seeing what's available, checking it out. So it kind of removes the barrier and encourages people's curiosity, and it's become much more ambitious and much more sophisticated over the years. There's lots on offer all over town, all over Ireland. And Joe, so the... the, 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 the the idea behind it, the rationale, is that there are people out there who might not otherwise engage, is it? And this is a way of, kind yeah. of slowly reeling them in. Yeah, so people like us are kind of embedded in it all day, every day, live, breathe, eat and sleep it. And uh, I suppose this is one day of the year when we manage to force it upon everybody else, whether <laughs> they like it or not. But no, it's a great opportunity. All the, I suppose all the cultural institutions open their doors. A lot of them are open late. A lot of the cultural institutions in Ireland, like all the museums and galleries, are free anyway all over the country. But it really kind of promotes the fact that that is the case on nights like this. But then you've got theatre companies, dance organisations, all sorts of people who are making work up and down the country, put on something special for Culture Night and uh, get people to experience what it is and then hopefully tempt them to come back later in the year. And how has it grown or changed over the years the 18th edition of it this yeah, year? Yeah, I think the very first year it was Dublin only if I'm not mistaken and then it kind of broadened out there was a kind of sudden realisation that it could happen everywhere all over the country and the responsibility for it devolved to the arts officers which every single county has in this country which is amazing and they were commissioning work and they knew who'd be on the ground making work that might be interesting that might be accessible for people um, to bring them in the door of culture and let them see what it's all about so it's just getting bigger and bigger and now it's run by the Arts Council so that's kind of amazing because it means everyone's getting paid for the work even though everyone is accessing it for free the people who are making it are getting paid which is really important And Willie is the value in it then for uh, those creators those artists is it for the city cities it's happening right around the country or is it for the punters or a bit of all I think it should be for the punters as Joe said there are those of us who are immersed in culture all the time I also think in the case of Dublin City Centre which has had a lot of bad publicity recently not entirely deserved that it actually makes a city an attractive place to visit. There's safety in numbers, there's passive supervision, there's lots going on, so people can go in with families when they might be nervous other times and experience everything fantastic that Dublin City has to offer. And I guess it gives a sense as well, the fact that it happens at night, that kind of, uh, that a lot of these spaces, that they're not kind of um, things that exist just during the, of those nine-to-five office hours, necessarily. Yeah, they're trying to respond to actually how people live their lives and when they have time the to do things all sometimes. All it's all around it's us not. all the time. I mean, they are open often during the day, but I suppose when people have leisure time is uh, on a Friday night or on the weekend, so that's why Culture Night is time. So it's, it's based on an idea that I think comes from France or Canada called Nuit Blanche, when a lot of the public institutions would open their spaces like that, and that's where a Culture Night has evolved from. So it has, it has evolved, it's gotten bigger, more stuff involved with it, more cities, more parts of the country. It's still just a night and you know we would have seen I mean Shocking the Guayaga classically is now uh, two weeks even though we still call it Shocking the Guayaga um, I mean 
is there an argument it should be expanded beyond that? I think you'll job? find in a, in a lot of the a lot of parts of the country it is beyond that. So there's a lot of the local authorities that are running it across this whole weekend and that have events kind of in the lead up and the lead after, or they're sort of really prioritising what's going on tonight. But there'll be other events attached to those uh, happening tomorrow, happening Sunday, and on. But yeah, look at I mean you're not we're not, we're going to advocate that every night should be culture night and kind of is really like we're coming down with opportunities to go to gigs to go to live theatre live dance you know every night of the year all over Values the country Values as a catchy idea right mm. so when it puts culture on the agenda but I don't think people forget it and like like puppies culture is not just for culture night yeah. <laughs> the puppies not just for Christmas <laughs> But is, is there a danger or a drawback in having it as one night that uh, that the powers that be, people who maybe um, kind of control purse strings in terms of funding, that they that they kind of compartmentalise their focus. That they say, well, listen, we're doing this for culture night. So I don't think so. Actually, the story of the past few years actually is the government significantly increasing its funding towards culture. The Arts Council also recently has been concerned, and we've spoken about it before here. I think about the decline in participation in culture by younger uh, cohorts of audience between 18 and 24 people who basically spent two years in their bedrooms during COVID. And there's actually been a really interesting European um, EU report published about how important participation in culture is just for the democratic process. So culture is not just a fancy thing and nice to have. It's fundamental for a, for a healthy society. So you don't see the kind of carry-on that we had at, on, on, uh, at, on Clare Street the other night, you know, a bit more civilised places. That's what culture is for. Yeah, like Germany, for example, have invested, I think... Uh, can't remember the exact amount of money, but everyone in that age cohort that Willie mentions are getting vouchers specifically to engage in live cultural events. And it, that's a kind of idea that is uh, in a lot of countries now in Europe. And I think I, I spoke to somebody on the programme before about it and kind of advocated it would be a great thing to happen here. But great things are happening here, you know. We have um, we've an incredible wealth of individuals with extraordinary talent that... Um, you know, promote Ireland better than anything else, and including all of the drama that happens outside the doll and inside the doll sometimes. Yeah, and listen, we are here talking about rugby, of course. Sport I like rugby a, too, by the way. Yeah, 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 yeah you're allowed. Like, but, you know, sport is a huge part of our culture, uh, and, and it's how people express their kind of cultural identity, a lot of people uh, as well. Um, and there was another piece of news we were talking about actually uh, uh, today, which is... Um, this kind of food hall on Suffolk Street as well, which, you know, when, when people have advocated for these in Dublin uh, and in other cities for a long time, and listen, I know people always get in touch in, in Cork and say, hold on, you know, there, there are already these in uh, Ireland. The Ireland will just be on Dublin, you know, and there's the English market and places. But the milk market in Limerick. Why people advocate for them isn't because we want more food, we're necessarily hungry. It's, it's because they see them as a cultural space, we want isn't it? nice things to do in our city. Yeah. And I'm fed up of places like the Ivy Market being derelict for 30 years. The fruit market has not been developed in years. So actually, and this building on, uh, on the old former tourism information centre, I think, has been empty for nine years, maybe. So the idea of spaces not being used in the city centre is abhorrent to me. We need to invest in our city centre. We need to make it a, a pleasant and enjoyable place to visit, not just have leftover vacant, derelict spaces. Yeah, yeah. Inter- interesting sounding place. After I only heard about it, you know, from you guys today, actually. But the fact that an Irish American couple have started it up, that they have 
the a same kind of idea in Prague and Berlin and various other places around Europe. Prague, yeah, it's good. yeah, so it's an interesting thing. I mean, you know, ha- I, I love good food. <laughs> we all do. We, we're, we're fairly new to it. Like, you know, it was bacon and cabbage and no salt unless you boiled it out of the bacon when I was growing up. And certainly um, spices and all the fancy fabulousness that we can have in our dinners now and throughout the day in a sandwich, no less, um, weren't... Uh, you know, accessible to us. But also then. food is an expression of culture. And again, looking at Dublin, which is the city I know best, uh, our city is really diverse. And mm-hmm. particularly in the north side where I live around Cable Street, Moore Street, um, Parnell Street, that, that's starting to be reflected. So it'd be nice to have it reflected in the fancy food halls too and give people an opportunity to start up independent businesses. But is, is that, just to pick up on, on a point Willie was making, is that, is that something that we should be looking at? There's awful a lot of talk about kind of derelict buildings in our main streets uh, and, and how to maybe utilise them in the context of the housing crisis. But I remember kind of back in the teeth of the recession um, talking to a local councillor in Wicklow actually who's lobbying hard to have the system of commercial rates change to allow people who own those buildings use them as an art exhibition space without necessarily commercial rates then accruing on the owner. It was a way of getting people into it and using it and giving a kind of a, a, a cultural outlet to kind of local artists and creators as well. I mean is that the thing we could be looking at as well? well to be honest with you that's possible that happens anyway it happens a lot as part of festivals. I ran Carlo Arts Festival for a few years and that was something that, that happened as part of that and still does happen and does mean that the people who own those properties don't have to pay rates because they're working with the charity and because it is you know so that's kind of in place already but it's temporary. I experienced that I'm involved in the FizzFest, my local community arts festival we wanted to use a building and the reason we weren't let use it was because the owner was concerned about they'd gotten an, an arrangement for the rates, they're concerned that that arrangement would change if we were making so-called commercial use of it so it, certainly it has been an obstacle in, in the past for me. Yeah okay well there are ways over that obstacle, if they can do it in Carlo, they can do well, it in Finsborough. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, you've got to think about more than the, your rate space. You're thinking, like, what is going on in your community? Yeah. There's so much dereliction around where I live in Dublin 7, whether it's because people are admired in the planning process, we don't know who owns the building, mm-hmm. something is meant to happen, the wind has changed. I just think it's abhorrent in, you know, in terms of kind of a housing crisis in Ireland, for sure, but also in terms of, like, wanting to put life into our cities. Yeah, yeah. We, we, we're, we've gouged the centre of this city out anyway, certainly Dublin. Uh, the, the amount of cultural spaces that have left, the amount of people who work in the sector who have had to leave. Like I find myself now, for example, having if we're doing rehearsals in Dublin, if we're making work down the country in Mayo, where I often make work, that's fine. But if I'm trying to make work in Dublin now, people who formerly lived in Dublin have to be brought in, and we have to put them up. So it's making it's actually making making work in Dublin much more difficult than it used to be. All right. It was but, interesting to see a developer the other day say, oh yeah, we've kind of made a city that's not livable in, you know, it's just <laughs> hotels and offices. <laughs> well, listen, challenges remain. Uh, uh, we hope Culture Night, though, will be a great success, uh, whatever people's plans uh, are. And I did mention the Theatre Festival, so next Thursday... Starting Thursday the 28th, Brazilian show called Zona Franca. Sounds good. Listen, Willie, thank you for joining us here. Uh, Willie White is Artistic Director of the Theatre Festival and Joe Mangan, Director of the Performance Cooperative. If- the Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from 4 on News Talk.